That's it. Bring it in. Bring it in. Almost there. Back it up. Back it up. Okay. Hold it. Alright, people. Let's get them hooked up. Alright, you're ready to go. Hope you got a permit. We've just hooked you up with a big load of midweek XJ Talk Show. Well, we've got Patrick, uh, P-R-C Jeep, I did it right, <laughs> on XJTalk.com. Uh, and uh, he's going to tell us about his uh, harrowing adventure of changing out the uh, near, nearly dead, I guess it was knocking, and uh, he went and got a donor Jeep and replaced the uh, engine on one long, um, I think it was less than a 24-hour period, didn't sleep, and then drove to Mexico from, from Houston, Texas to Mexico, which is, what is that, Patrick, about 500 miles, 600 miles just to the border? To the border, it's 300, and then it was about 500 miles deep in. Okay. Anyway, here's Patrick. Tell us your story, Patrick. Well, greetings, XJ Talk listeners. Um, this story, it started... Uh, with a plan back in January, I decided that my girlfriend and I were going to take a trip into Mexico to see my grandfather and, and mother who live, lived down there retired. Um, been about five years since I've been down there. We've driven both other times that I've been down. And so the process coming up to it is I just switched out anything that could be replaced, whether I had a warranty on a product, a starter, alternator, whatever it was. Prior to, uh, you know, I did that in the weeks and months coming up to it. Well, see, that's a lot more proactive than I thought you were because I was I was hearing this stuff from Matt, uh, Ms. Morenberg, the fellow operator on XJTalk.com. I was hearing this stuff from Matt, and I, I wasn't hearing about your preparations. I mean, this sounds sensible. <laughs> Getting the new stuff on the Jeep for a long drive. This all sounds very sensible to me. Changing out the engine the night before doesn't, and and that must have been something you that you just had to do. Otherwise you would have waited. It was, um, pretty much the thought going into it was I'm going to change out anything and everything that I need to, to prevent a breakdown. And if I were to have a breakdown, it likely wouldn't be as severe. Right. Um, and then in addition to, um, changing out, you know, common parts such as starters or alternators, battery, things like that. I, I bought an additional, set of those to take with me. Oh, wow. Or, um, just in case. So, I mean, I had about $400 in parts in the rear of my Jeep with oil, um, gear oil and, uh, the engine components and, and, and and the weight of another person. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so pretty much I wrapped up all of my preparations that previous weekend. I switched out my hubs, um, again, I did, I got a warranty on my hubs from a one auto or one a auto, mm-hmm. the, the wheel bearing assemblies, the axle wheel bearings. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was the last thing that was the last thing. And then I was going to change my oil a couple days prior and then hit the road. Mm-hmm. And so the plan was to leave, um, I think it was the 8th of March. It was a Thursday. And that, pr- uh, that previous Monday, just three days prior um, driving out to Matt, Matt's house to, um, 
or Matt's shop rather. Right. Either to pick something up or I think uh, deliver one of the tools I borrowed. And uh, the the knock started. It was running hot. I knew it was running hot, but it 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 always ran a little warm. And uh, it it just escalated from there. The concerns skyrocketed. Uh, many phone calls occurred between Matt as well as uh, Rennie, who was also on XJ Talk, mm-hmm. and um, had to diagnose what was going on, see if it was going to be a possible, uh, you know, if it was a no-go for the trip due to the motor. Right. Um, then that night, you know, I, I'm, Matt was able to meet up with me, and we towed the Jeep out to uh, to his house and um, left it there, and then... I was uh, just getting rides from either my parents or borrowing their car to get back to and back from work the next day, the next two days, because I was working both the last days right before I left. And we decided that I needed to get a motor if this trip was going to happen. Um, I just, I had enough funds that were emergency funds that uh, fortunately I was able to spend them in America rather than trying to find a motor in Mexico. Now let me ask you this: What was the diagnosis? Was it a uh, was it a main knock or was it a rod knock or you just don't know it? But it was a bad knock. It we believe it was um, the main bearing, the, oh, the main wow. crank bearing, uh, because it it cracked the head. The water was flowing straight into the crankcase or the crank. Gotcha. My we kept pulling the old dipstick and it was. I don't normally say it's four inches up from the bottom. It was a foot. Mm-hmm. And each time I added water, it was just getting worse. So it, it wasn't holding water in the uh, proper passages. Right. Yet it was still running. That's amazing. It was, yeah, it was, it was scary. <laughs> um, and unfortunately that was, that was probably caused to a radiator. That was one of the things that I replaced prior to the, the pinch seam on the passenger side was slowly leaking and finally about three weeks before it split open completely and so I went ahead and switched out the radiator. Um, my preparation for that, since I knew I had a, a leaky radiator, was I put some of the uh, some of those pellets in there that dissolve and, and right. fill up. Um, right. A little lead, pe- lead or whatever the mixture is, yep. Um, and so... Radiator seal, I think is what they call it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. There, there's several different kinds, but I can't remember the one I used. Yeah, generically, radiator seal. And so uh, I went on Craigslist for all that night, the next day, just, just sourcing it anytime I could. That would have been a Tuesday. Now, now, exactly, this was how far before the trip? Like a day, two days? This, this is Monday is when it occurred that the motor, there, there was no way the trip was happening with that motor. Right. And then Tuesday was when I, I sourced out two engines, well, two Jeeps. I was just going to buy the Jeep just for the motor, which is what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. It was one in Galveston that uh, didn't have a front axle. Um, you know, there was little things about it that the guys, you know, I didn't really care about. I just needed a running motor. Right. Um, but he was he was being difficult about picking it up and trailering it and, and things like that and arranging it. And... Um, but I was just going to have to deal with it. But then fortunately, later that evening, I found one that was uh, a 97 in uh, Baytown. And so my girlfriend had already had, um, she was already off work um, before the trip. She had to get 
ready and stuff. And um, so we had her truck um, to go pick this whatever Jeep or motor we I purchased up. Um, so then uh, Wednesday, Wednesday after work, we went to U-Haul, picked up the trailer, and uh, got down there. Was it a full trailer or just one of those halvesies that you put the front no, wheels on? Yeah, we got the full trailer just because we weren't sure if if the keys were going to be available and how easy it would be to make it roll. No, that's great. I would I would much prefer to put it on a full trailer uh-huh. anyway. I mean, we hadn't gotten to the thoughts about how we're going to get it on the trailer, but oh yeah, was, <laughs> good point. <laughs> that, that was things that we were just going to have to deal with as they came. We would make it work, right? Um, I'm I'm pretty good at making things just work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and so we got there, uh, the kid who owned it, it was actually his brother that had wrecked it. It wasn't that bad. It was just some front end damage right. higher up on the uh, driver's side. It was stored at his father's place and his father had the title as well as the keys is what he claimed. And so, you know, I, I wasn't concerned about that. I needed the motor. Right. So the only concern I had when I got there was, I don't know if it runs. It's been here for seven years. I need to make the crank turn. I need to know that it'll turn over. It's not seized up. Right. And so we took some battery cables and hooked it up directly to the starter itself. So it would turn the flywheel and and hopefully make it crank. Several attempts at that, and it it turned over a couple times, and I said, okay, we got a deal. I said, let's load it up. And, um, by, by math recommendations prior to that, you know, I looked over the motor, I was checking spark plugs, I was checking for any, um, buildup, carbon buildup, you know, I opened up the throttle body, looked down in there and he said, if there's any oil residue or anything like that, you know, that, that could be a sign of a, a not, a not well-maintained motor. Right. Um, it was clean as a whistle. Um, another benefit that we decided was good was, uh, well, a benefit is good, but was that it was two-wheel drive. So that means, in my mind, and in Matt's mind, you know, it was less likely to have been abused. Sure. We'll go with that. I, I, I abused several two-wheel drives in my time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you have, too. <laughs> oh, I, I know I have. I know what you're saying, though. It's it's not the same as being taken off-road and the twisting and everything else that goes along with it. So, yeah, I got you. And it wasn't modified. It was just a stock Jeep. It was, it was completely stocker Jeep. Yeah. Um, and it was a it was one owner, so that was a, that was another benefit there. Wow, that's a that's a it, it, ama- it just amazes me that you not only found one vehicle in that short time frame, you found two. One was being difficult. The other one wasn't. Seems like it worked out. It, I, I tell you what, it the engine braking is is par for my co- course as far as Murphy's Law. You know, I'm doing all these preparations. I'm going to make sure everything's fine. And then oh, so, yeah. and then something dramatic happens because I think because, you know, it's saying, no, you can't be ready because I'm going to throw this at you. <laughs> oh, that, that's exactly the truth. You know, <laughs> my whole family, the entire time coming up to the trip, you know, they still didn't think it was a good idea for me to take my, my Jeep that's 16 years old now mm-hmm. well, that's, in Mexico. Yeah, you're too young to you're too young to remember it. But whenever I was. Uh, in my 20s, if you had a vehicle with 60,000 miles on it, it was almost done. <laughs> so, and there, I know they still make them like that. 
uh, I just don't buy them. But they've gotten a lot better because the Japanese were kicking our asses on on making uh, quality vehicles. So uh, that's I'm sure that's what they're thinking back to is you know oh my God you got more than sixty thousand miles on that it's it's more than four years old it's more than five years old it's it's gonna it's getting ready to fall apart. So. I, I completely understand. Let me just back you up one second before we get too far away from the question I want to ask you. So just so the, the listeners will, will understand, what was the cause of the knocking of the main? In my mind, it was that the engine was overheated too many times. and That's, that's exactly the cause. Uh, the, the, that, head, the head cracked and let water into the crankcase, and then that's what made the main bearing go loose because it was spinning on water and oil instead of just oil. Right. It was, it was the, it overheated on several occasions and it was just able to hold together, you know, and that, that, that's when it gave out. Okay. So I just want to make sure that, that I was clear on that because I think that might be a question on some. Others may know it right offhand based on what you said, but uh, some won't. Uh, and, and I wasn't sure. I thought that that's probably what the case was. Are you doing anything differently now to make sure that you don't overheat it? Differently? Well, um, I know you've replaced the, the radiator, but. Um, as far as I'm assuming you haven't had any overheating problems since you've done the new engine. I haven't hit the red yet. However, it's, um, <laughs> since this came out of a 97, the motor that I have now with the wiring harness set up, the temperature gauges and whatnot, um, on the 97 and up the temperature gauge that got the, the, the sending unit Right, the sensor for the dash for the dash light for mm-hmm. the dash gauge is the same as the one for the computer on the ninety seven and up. Mm-hmm. On mine, the one that was on the thermostat housing was for the computer, and then the one that was near the the, the rear of the block was for my gauge. Right. The new the new motors ninety seven and up that casting didn't have a spot for the rear sending unit to right. the gauge. Right. And so I've used some. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, redneck engineering, and, and uh, temporarily, of course, I, I need to get this fixed because I need to know if I'm getting hot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was, I, that, that was really my question was, have you learned your lesson from the other engine? Absolutely. If, if I think that it's getting hot, I think the way I have it hooked up and set up right now, because I, I just put that unit sitting against one of the um, one of the bolts that goes through the head into the engine block. When you and, say that unit, you mean the sensor that normally would attach to the back of the block? Correct, and that would screw into the block. I've I've zip tied it, and uh, it doesn't always stay on there, so I need to adjust it about every couple of days. Okay. <clears throat> well, I, I don't want to get too off, too far off on a tangent, but can't you just uh, run that up to the front and maybe put a T in on the the thermostat housing, and then have that's, that's yeah that's that's what's uh, that's, that's what's the plan what suggested, is. and that's that's something I just need to get taken care of because. Gotcha. It's uh, it'd be a lot more reassuring to know that I can look down and see how hot I'm running, and not have to guess that it's fifty degrees. It's showing fifty degrees colder than it what what it really is. Right. So basically, the computer knows what the engine temperature is, but you don't. Yeah. Gotcha. Correct. Gotcha. Well, that's if 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 one of them has to be connected up, I, I guess it's the computer because that one's what's going to affect your gas mileage. All right. So anyway, uh, uh, I, f- I forget where we were now in the story. I apologize for taking you back. I just want to make sure that we got that, that, that out of the way as far as exactly what happened, why the, the failure occurred. 
oh, you were going, you, you cranked the engine several times, you checked the spark plugs, you had uh, uh, checked the throttle body, it was clean as a whistle. Yep. So at that point, um, between the, well, we weren't able to take the trailer off and try to use our truck to pull it on there because the trailer would have just kept moving around. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the people I bought it from, um, we used my strap and their chain to, they, they got a parallel with our truck and, and just kind of, we kind of pulled it on the trailer a step at a time, pulling it forward and then pulling it sideways because the wheels were slightly turned. We couldn't get them unlocked. Um, but to make it roll, we, we just uh, got under there and disconnected the cable that goes to the transmission so that it was in neutral. So we were, we were able to roll it up. It only had one, one low tire, or actually it was flat. So it sounds like you didn't have the keys. No, there were no keys. In fact, that was uh, one of the bargaining chips, because I think he wanted either 500 or 550 for it. And I said, look, dude, you don't have any keys. Um, take $25, $50 off. And so I, I think I paid 475 for for the whole vehicle. Yeah, sweet deal. I mean, it, it's coming along nicely, too, but we'll get to that here in a little bit. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> kind of sad you know i feel like i should just be able to go over there and be like hey i'm here to pick up my jeep i'm here to thank you for all the work kind sir (laughs) (laughs) damn fine job top of the morning to you (laughs) that's another story (laughs) so anyway you 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 get it up on the trailer uh, with their help which is great it's great that they pitched in Uh, i guess it's not so surprising that the keys weren't available if it had been sitting there for seven years yeah (laughs) i'll agree with that so we left there. It was probably 11 o'clock at night, and I'm trying to coordinate with Matt to use his shop and, and whatnot and try not to be too much of a hassle to him because he, he's got a, a nine-to-fiver. Well, actually, I think he gets there like seven or six. Yeah, six. I think he gets up around four. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, stop by his house, collect the keys, and go out to the shop and, and start tearing things apart. Uh my Jeep was out. Oh, yeah, we took out the donor Jeep, and then we went back, went back to his house and picked up my Jeep and had to take it out that night. Um, returned the trailer, got about three hours of sleep, and then from that point on, we went back out there and uh, just were hacking away, disconnecting the, the, the uh, transmission, just pulling out the old one, or pulling out the donor motor before we pulled out mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably extremely beneficial that I've done a motor swap before. Oh yeah, it definitely is. It's a, that's a lot of bolts and a lot of things to. Oh yeah, it, it's it's not complex, but it's a lot of things. Oh, it really is. And you start pulling on it this way, thinking, "Okay, what else am I forgetting?" And then you remember, "Oh yeah, this or that or this other thing." And so it, it's there's so many plugs. It's it's unthinkable. You know. You, you, you don't understand how many plugs there are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that next day, that next evening, it was either Thursday. I think it was Thursday. It was the day I was supposed to leave. I, I had already accepted that I was leaving late if it was even going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because at this point, you don't know because the engine has not been fired up. Right. And that's that's the other benefit I had is, well, I've got this vacation that was scheduled for 10 days. If I don't get to go, well, I've got 10 days to fix my Jeep. That's true. That's a good way of looking at it. Um, and so the girlfriend was on board with that too. So, you know, it was my expenses. It was 
you know, sad not to, not to know that for sure where we're going. But anyways, we it ended up well. But so while we got everything disconnected, all we had left really was to pull the block out of the old, um, sorry, out of the '97. And uh, I was wait. I was going to wait for Matt to show up to help me out with that. I think Jim, Big Jim, three fifty came out there as well. Um, and then I went over and started tinkering on mine, disconnecting everything and getting it ready to be pulled. Um, and uh, ran into dial pin problems again, which are that's the pins that go between the transmission mount or the bell housing and the engine. Um. My first motor swap, we, we completely forgot those, and we had dowels on both sides, and so that it just wasn't fitting together. Oh, that's interesting. And you know, when you got it all down in there, you can't see anything. Sure. And you're just trying you're trying to stab it. Um, since I have a standard, it's a little bit more difficult. You have to get it lined up just perfectly, or at least that's what I'm told. I'm right. not sure. I haven't but, done one with an automatic. Well, you have to have a. Um you have to have a, a pilot tool, a clutch uh, pilot. I can't remember what it's called now, but basically it's a little wooden dowel that is in the yeah. shape of the the uh, front of the, the the shaft coming out of the out of the yeah. transmission. That's, and get that's it exactly. lined up and get it bolted. And man, if you don't, it's bad enough just getting the splines to line up. But if it's not centered exactly, it's a nightmare. Oh, it, it sure is. Um, I want to say that after we got the engine in. Which there was a lot of things that happened, but I mean that's it was the pulling and, and shifting about to get it over and, and located right. I went ahead and went to O'Reilly that day, or actually I think I sent my girlfriend to go uh, warranty out my clutch because we we damaged the fingers on the on the um I can't remember what part it's called, but the, Pre- the fingers on the, the pressure plate on the pressure plate. Yeah, and. Uh, they tried to give me a run around, but I, I just went to a, an O'Reilly that was about two miles away, and they, they said nothing about it and swapped out for me. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, so I also had a new clutch before I was leaving for Mexico. Hey, Patrick, do me a favor. Uh, we're getting a bit of an echo uh, from when you talk, so I think if you turn the speakers down on your side, we won't, we won't get that echo. All right, let me try. Is that better? Well, go ahead and talk. I think it is. I can still hear it, but it, I think it's gone. So, it's still there. Well, that's all right. It just—it's not real bad. It was actually starting to echo. Um, so anyway, you—they—you uh, you went to, or your girlfriend got the uh, the the pressure plate from O'Reilly's because you messed up the little fingers on it, and uh, they warranted that, and uh, took you took care of that problem. Yep, that, and then uh, that evening was uh, well. Matt and Jim went home, and we were just sitting there putting everything back together. It, I didn't care how long I took. I just wanted to make sure it was done right. Um, I had all night to do it. You know, I wasn't trying to press myself and, and speed up everything. In doing so, I realized there were several actual sensor housings that I had to take off of my old motor and disconnect the ones that were on the donor motor so that my plugs, my wiring harness would, would work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the map sensor, uh, TPS sensor, um, oil pressure sending unit, uh, the temperature gauge sending unit on the thermostat housing. There's just several ones, and then making sure I had a, all the vacuum hoses connected up correctly. Right. 
And so once I got to the point where I thought it was connected, everything was up and good to go, um, I tried cranking it up, and I didn't have anything. It wasn't turning or anything. I went back and checked on my connections and uh, made sure the battery is connected well. And uh, I was sitting up there watching, and I had my girlfriend hit the ignition, and it was turning over, but it was like there was no spark, no no fuel, no spark. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there was fuel, but there was just no spark coming. So I waited until I could, I think I texted Matt, and he's like, just pull out a spark plug and touch it to a screwdriver. Yeah. I, I wasn't so keen on that. I've never done that before, and for some reason... I was under the impression I was going to get shocked. You can if the boot is uh, cracked or if you get too close to where the spark plug is. It's not that bad. You, you'll remember it, but it's not. It's nothing that'll kill you. Well, I, it didn't get me, but so I had it. I had the spark plug in in one hand and screwdriver in the other, and I'm uh, hollering at my girlfriend to go ahead and turn it on. But I I tried to tell her. Don't turn it on too long. Just, yeah, just bump it. <laughs> yeah. Just bump it. <laughs> and um, I don't think I had the intake hooked up yet and the exhaust all the way connected yet. And so once she started it, like it, it started sparking and it was it scared the crap out of me. And I she couldn't hear me screaming at her to turn it off. <laughs> stop. For all that's holy, stop. <laughs> and I don't want to just let go because I'm sure something bad will happen if it contact something else and uh she she finally turned it off and i'm like well that it, it sparked up this time i plugged the spark plug back in and <laughs> well it, we've got spark right. yeah <laughs> that problem solved <laughs> it started up and it smoked like a chimney just from all the grease and everything mm-hmm. you know i'm like well that's a good sign and well, you, you've, had, you've had your greasy hands on the on the exhaust and so many things yeah, it's, it's definitely gonna 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 smoke yeah so you didn't change oil or or anything in the engine before you started it? No. Wow. That was that was part of the plan, but I was pushing it. Yeah, seven year old oil. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm sure it will deteriorate over time, but the oil looked really good. But I know, I know from experience, you don't go off the looks. No, no, you can't. I mean, it's been sitting there seven years, so, and you don't know what else is in it. Exactly. And, but, but anyway, you got it running, and, and, and you started it with all the seven-year-old uh, whatever fluids were left in it. Uh, I mean, I w- just just uh, taking the the. Uh, well, I guess I guess you would have kept the fluids in it. Um, did you you change out the uh, uh, at that at that point? Did you change out the water pump and so on and so forth, or was it still just the whole engine with the with the your sensors on it? It was everything was still the donor motor except for, for some of the, the housings that I had to switch out for sensors. Right. Um, I was running late on time. If I was going to leave that day, it had to be around that time because I was still planning on driving straight through in New Mexico mm-hmm. all the way down to the house. And it's about a 15-hour trip. And so it's, it's really important to be, for safety's sake, I, I, every time we've driven down there, we only drive in Mexico when it's daylight and it takes about nine hours from the border. And so we needed to be at the border right around sunrise, get our paperwork and everything, which I had already had my car permit for about two months just to get that taken care of. Cause that can be a lengthy process and God forbid, I don't have the right paperwork or, or they're not accepting it 
Um, that was another thing. Even if I didn't go on this trip, I still at some point had to get my Jeep to the border to get my money back for the, for the car deposit because you have to put a deposit down when you go into Mexico with your vehicle. And that's dependent upon the value of the vehicle the year. Right. Just because they don't want you taking it down there and selling it and flying out. Right. So that was the other thing in the back of my head, you know, just, just make it work. Even if it's only a four-day trip, we're going to go. So. Yeah, might as well. You're going over there to the border and coming back, or you're going and having fun, one of the two. Exactly. So I think it was late Friday night that we had everything wrapped up and coming up into the morning on, on uh, Saturday, and that's when I was, I guess it was about 4.30, Five in the morning when I was getting it to start and everything was going going well, and I was I, I cut a few corners. Um, I did go. I, I'm pretty sure I changed the oil. I don't think I would have let myself go without changing the oil. Uh, just because, like we said, that's seven year old oil. It's going to settle and separate. Yeah, it's such a long trip. It'd be uh, it'd be horrible to lose the engine simply because you didn't you know take the additional time. Although I know <laughs> I know at this point you had done a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. And so then the only other concern I had was with the fact that the, the water that was in the block was a little bit rusty. So I flushed it out really well as best I could. The water pump seemed to turn just fine. And um, so I, I figured it's, it's 1,600 miles round trip. I can go ahead and use this water pump. And when I get back, I'll, I'll put my brand new one, the one that I had on my old motor, I'll take it off there and put it on this one. Right. Well, you had all the spare parts, too. Right. Exactly. So it wasn't like you were taking off on a 1,600-mile a trip without tools and parts. Oh, yeah. That's, that is that is true. I, I think I did. Um, I had to use a new alternator because the alternator that was on there was was uh, not turning well. Understandable. It had been sitting there on the brushes for seven years. Oh, yeah. That and I think I put my, I went ahead and put the new starter on. And so when we left Saturday, we we made it to Laredo and decided it was about 2.30 in the afternoon. We weren't going to drive into Mexico. Um, we, we, we got a hotel in, in Laredo and took it easy that night. I went ahead and uh, I changed out the spark plugs. I went to O'Reilly's and bought new spark plugs because I had it was it was sending off some some check engine lights mm-hmm. and it was running uh, it was running rough. That's what it was. Pretty much for me to have power without it being choppy and and um, acting like a throttle position sensor issue, I had to have the pedal all the way down. Wow. Um, in fact, that's how I drove through Mexico most of the way. <laughs> Is is if I didn't have full throttle, then it, it it would it would hesitate, really bad. You know, we thought it could be spark plugs or the wires or the rotor. Um, it I changed out the throttle position sensor, but I, it ended up being the wiring that goes that goes into the plug for the throttle position sensor. Hmm. Somehow it's fixed itself because it was still happening. You know, around a month and a half ago, my check engine light would come off a week and it would it would act kind of funny and then it would go away. Other than that, the engine was running just fine. It was just that hesitation. Right. And I could go and wiggle that wire up and down and I could make it do it and I could make it stop. 
So it, it's so it's, it, in it's good actually shape, right? it's it's actually the the connector <laughs> that goes to the the throttle positioning sensor that you have the problem with. Yeah, it's the wiring in the in the back of the plug. Hell, man, yeah. get go to the junkyard, get you another one, cut it and crimp it, and be done with it. Exactly. I I just did that for my AC controls this last weekend. Mm-hmm. They toasted themselves. It's a it's an ongoing process. Any anytime you do something like this, um, it's not something. Certainly, it wasn't something that you you could complete. Uh, how, how many hours did you put into it that night? Uh, Twelve, fourteen on that the last day before you drove the. Uh, I worked the 300 uh, miles all day. I guess about 19 hours. We left there, came by the house, got our bags, and drove to Laredo. I bet you that was a good sleep. Oh yeah, we slept through the the wake up call. We <laughs> knocked on the door. Um, Thankfully, there wasn't a and fire. It was also <laughs> the funny thing was is we had talked to my mom and and stuff and. She's like, well, just go ahead and leave early, even though you're at the border already. It's not going to take as long, but go ahead and leave, you know, as early as you can, six or seven in the morning. Well, that was the daylight saving switch. We lost an hour. <laughs> we didn't think about that. Yeah, and well, you had a lot of other things to think about. I would imagine that uh, the reason why you were trying to get there early was so uh, to beat any lines at the border. Well, it's, I think going into Mexico, there's less lines. It's coming out where the, the our customs are a little bit more stringent. Because um, we went ahead, when we got there Saturday night, we went ahead and went across the border and got our tourist cards. It's, a, it's like a temporary visa. You have to have it if you're going outside of the border zone, which is, I think, 15 or 16 miles past the border. They call it, if you're going to the interior of Mexico, you have to have this permit. Right. Well, you don't have to, but if you get pulled over, you better have it. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. you're going to go to jail and then you're going to have to buy it. Right. It's just another thing not to have to worry about because there's, there's the federalities and the crooked ones and mm-hmm. everything else you all already have to kind of worry about. Right. <laughs> so, as well as the drug cartels. So it was just a, just a matter of you getting on the road and uh, getting over there uh, so you could make the trip during the day. Exactly. Gotcha. We made it there, and I changed out those spark plugs that night and woke up, left a little bit later than we wanted to, but driving all the way through Mexico, I mean, it was a, it was a great drive. Um, I love driving, which is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, since my temperature gauge wasn't hooked up, you know, very well, I would pull over about every hour or so just to get out and check the water level um, and add, add water. I was at, once I got into Mexico, I guess that, that initial drive that Saturday to, to the border at Laredo, my water pump started leaking. The, the, uh, the old water pump was leaking out a little bit. Right. Was it uh, coming out the weep hole or, um, uh, I th- I'm pretty sure that it was coming out the weep hole. So it yeah. was it was just a bad it, it just had lived its life. Yeah, it it sat it it worked just fine and then it sat there long enough to where once it started working up it, it wore itself out real quick. Right. And I'm, so it probably was the seal wasn't very good since it had been sitting like that. So the coming out the weep hole makes sense. So some of the other things like for preparation, I, I had already known um with my gas mileage and whatnot. 
I hadn't driven down there myself and paid for the fuel and everything. So I had two $5, five gallon gas, can, gas cans on the back mm-hmm. on one of those racks. Right. Um, I had my new off road uh, rack up, up top, and I had, my, I had a spare tire up there. I also brought an additional spare tire that I put on the rack in the back. And then I bought that morning at HEB, I bought 10 gallons of uh, distilled water. You know, just in case I I didn't want to be stuck without it. Sure. So, um, I think I lost a few on some bumps. They they have a uh, speed bumps, just randomly sometimes when you're coming up on a town. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the road humps we have here around Houston. You know the the the, the, the gentle slope that if you go over it really fast, it's not bad. But if you go over it slow, it's not bad. But if it's the in between where it really articulate articulate your suspension sure these are more like tabletops they're like a foot up straight across and then a foot down <laughs> like driving over curb stops oh, sweet <laughs> um I, I hit one of those the, the first town I, I had known i just got off of the phone with my mom and she said yeah you should be coming up on this town and watch out for the topes that's what they call them they're speed bumps i'm like okay okay and i see the sign way up there well, normally in, in the States, the sign is before you get to whatever it is. Not at it. Not at it. This one, <laughs> it's got the little tope symbol, the little road hump thing, and it's pointing down, meaning it's right here. <laughs> and so I nailed it at like 55 miles an hour, and I saw water just shoot up in the back. I'm like, oh, well, there goes all my water. I had it strapped down and bungeed down on, onto that rack, but that still didn't right. stop all of it from compressing. Sure. And I lost like four gallons of water, but I still had three other ones, and I was almost there. So I had used some of the other water on the way down. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, I, it was uh, smooth sailing. We got there at sunset. So at this point, had you worked out the uh, the engine miss, or were you? Uh, well, I guess you said you were still having that problem, so you had to fight it, the the running bad the whole trip. Yeah, it was kind of on and off, but Mexico is so hilly. I would have to be at full throttle anyways to go up some of the hills to maintain speed. Gotcha. The driving in Mexico is nothing like it is in the states because, like, they have a lot of semi traffic like we do, except the semis. They don't care who you are, where you are. If they want to move over, they're coming over. So you either have to get by them so quickly that you don't have a chance of getting hit by them, or just wait until you know it's clear they don't have a reason to come over. Right. And so I was, I was pretty much pedal the metal most the entire trip down there, and I think uh, that was still with my old gear ratios. When it said 55 on my speedometer, I was really going 75. And I think the fastest I ever got up to on the trip was like 85, 90 miles an hour loaded up. I didn't really care to go any faster on those roads because they're, they're really rough. Sure. And even though they're tollways. And I don't know if you, if you knew it or not, but you were running in a a 4.0 liter engine that hadn't been running in seven years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I so it's so it's it. good you kept it down. You kept the, the RPMs down like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm pushing this motor to the limits. I know it's leaking a water pump. I, you know, <laughs> I got a raging case of herpes. <laughs> yeah, 
not so much. <laughs> so just pretty much everything was going wrong, but it was, but it was kept, it kept you going. It got you where you, where you were going to. That's amazing. That is yeah. just amazing. That says I, a lot. Not not only does it say about uh, the the time and effort that you put into it, it says a lot about the design of the engine. And I don't think are, I don't think they make any more engines like that uh, that are that good. I, I really don't. Hell, they they kept them until two thousand three or two thousand four, when they had to update them due to the fuel economy. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, those things are bulletproof, and unless it's in mine. <laughs> well, but Patrick, let's be honest though that the you fired quite a few bullets at yours. Yeah, that's true. When it wasn't yeah. when it wasn't being overheated, it was being bounced around all on the trail. I think <laughs> the only thing that's kept this one together is that you don't have any uh the the front differential on your uh your Jeep is not working. <laughs> oh, I got that fixed. Oh, did you? How I long found, uh, how long I ago? Sw- I, I did um I did axle swaps. Oh, ah, okay. Uh just to get the 355 gearing. I guess one was, what was it, Labor Day we just had before 4th of July? Right. Uh, I went to the pickup part. It was half off, and I got a rear axle. And then uh, I swapped out the front axle, I guess, about a month later. Threw my front drive shaft in, and I went off-road, and I guess about four weeks ago. I bet you that was nice. It was the first time since uh, Mexico. Actually, first time since February when I broke my front differential. But um, I know... Like in Mexico, when we were down there, since I had just done all this motor stuff and I was certain that everything was okay except for the water pump, my mom knew a mechanic down there and, well, labor's about as cheap as dirt. We, we took it over there. He replaced the water pump for me, went over everything, checked oil, topped off everything. Everything was perfect. And uh, the only other thing I did to my Jeep while I was down there is I had it... Uh, I had some body work done, and I had a nice uh, red paint job. Which was uh, to the dismay of several XJ Talk members. Absolutely, well, and my, myself included. It was, what But co- I went with red because I, I had thought about it in the past. When I, when I painted, I had a couple different ideas. You know, it was either the, the OD green or mm-hmm. the desert tan. Right. Um, but that was if I had done it myself, you know, and it wasn't going to be a perfectly straight-bodied Jeep. Yeah, flat. And so uh, since uh, I had the opportunity, I figured, why not make it look the best? And and I the other idea I had was to paint it red and white, you know, myself for for University of Houston colors. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of the theme that I, I went ahead and picked. Uh, I think it was uh, not Dunlop. Um, I can't even remember Dupont Victory Red, the 2012 Chevrolet color, and. It it pretty much matched U of H's color red, perfect. I can't remember what color was it before. It was a green. It was um PGF like a pearl green, but almost almost more foresty. Well, you know what they say about red jeeps, right? Yeah, they don't break so much. No. Oh, red jeeps are sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's for damn sure. <laughs> How does the girlfriend like it? The color or the Jeep? The color. She's got oh, a, she it. I she's, mean, she's she's a girlfriend, so she has to like the Jeep. Well, she thought I was copycatting her because her, her truck, she has a 2005 Chevy 2500, mm-hmm. and it, it's red. It's not the Victory red, but 
but it, it's still, um, I don't know, bright red. Their, their colors are so similar, but right side by side, they're not. Right. Um, well, it's like whenever I, I, whenever we met up uh, over there at the gas station close to where I work, and I looked at it, and it looked like the same red as mine, but parked side by side, I could see the color difference. So there's a there's a subtle difference. I think yours is a little brighter, a little more, uh, a little I guess redder or blue has some some blue to it, more blue to it than what mine does. I think mine's more of a yellow uh, red. Right. Yeah. There's a little little bit darker tint. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you made it all the way over there. You got to visit. You got your your some mechanic work done. You know, I bet you it was wonderful having that water pump changed. And all you did was drop it off and pick it up. Yeah, and it cost like thirty bucks. <laughs> Sweet deal. And, and then and then, was, and then you had it painted while it, while it was over there, body work and painted. And that was yeah, a, that was, was a, another thirty dollars. No, thirty times <laughs> twenty. Uh, yeah, six. It was less than six hundred dollars to have the, all the body work and and the paint. And let me tell you, the only straight panel on that Jeep was the roof. I don't doubt it. Um. They, they fixed my fiberglass, the, the front clip. They fixed my fiberglass hatch that was thanks to another XJ talk. So I'm trying to push start me, crushed in the rear hatch. Mm. Um, everything, it was, it was about one and a half days of body work and prep. And then that, that evening and, and morning, they primed and painted it. I left and there was still spots where it wasn't dry. <laughs> And so I was concerned about all the bugs that were going to get stuck on on the way back. They all came off. I gave it a good, a real good um, compounded wax when I got back about a week later. And there's not really any marks on it. There's only bug marks that look, you know, got stuck in it when it was painted. I know about. Right. You have to look for them to find them. But I mean, mean, it's a lot better than it was. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so you're you're still way ahead from where you were, and uh, chances are it's going to get uh, scratched and uh, so on and so forth as you go off road more. So uh, I don't That's think really it's a true. I don't think it's a bad deal. I mean, it would be really bad if you had spent fifteen hundred dollars getting that done and then scratched it up. Oh yeah, well that, that wouldn't ever happen. <laughs> Not unless fifteen hundred dollars fell onto it like a paint job. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying it would make it really hard to take it off road. Oh, it, it 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 still has. I mean, that's that's what made me put off going ahead and getting my my axles fixed and stuff. Otherwise, I would have been out there every weekend working on it to to go wheel it hard like I used to. And I mean, when I went this last time, I was taking it easy. It it you can have just as much fun the same way. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I don't have to, I don't have to slam it into that that uh, drop ten times to see if I can make it. Right. I, the thing that impresses me the most are the guys that go out there. It's their daily driver, and they go out there and do that, and they do it, and they do it, and they do it, and they fix it, do it, fix it, do it. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not that into working on my Jeep. I like driving it, and it's a lot of fun taking it off road, but I don't like breaking it and fixing it. Well, see that that's that's the kind of driver I was. Mine's my daily driver, and I, you, I mean, you see me go out there and wheel. I think I think I was out there one time with you, and. Um, I go out there and wheel it hard, and if something broke, well, it's a good thing we wheeled on Saturday, so I had Sunday to fix it. Yeah, I guess that's the way people look at it. I think I'm just basically lazy. I think that's the problem. Uh, I prefer not <laughs> to have to work on it unless it's, you know, regular maintenance. Right. Well, that's the—and and actually, the, the Jeep will take a lot of abuse. Uh, 
and just have to break and stuff. Yeah, it will, it will take a lot of abuse without having to uh, without having to do anything but maintenance. So, uh, was the trip back pretty uneventful? Um, let's see here. As far as driving and the mechanicals of the Jeep, yep. Well, we we the only eventful part of it was we spent pretty much all our money in Mexico. Oh, I, I don't, I don't doubt it. Out. Yeah. Um, but you had four hundred dollars of parts to turn in when you got back. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, because uh, well, I knew that, but we had to make it out of this, out of this. Oh yeah, out of Mexico. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and so I mean, we're we're low on funds, and and we got to get the only expense we had. You know, we we packed packed food, and I'm like, just make sure that we have enough money for gas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't want to change too much cash into pesos. Sure. Because then when we get in the States, the pesos aren't any good. Right. But if we didn't have enough pesos, then we couldn't buy enough gas. But but we made it across. It was uh, it was uneventful until about four miles before the border. And it wasn't a Jeep issue. It was it was road conditions. Hmm. Uh, it was actually, it wasn't road conditions. It, it was what was going on on the road. Oh, okay. It was something straight out of... Um, uh, too fast, too furious. I'm I'm going down one of the border roads that leads up to the to one of the crossings that's just outside of Laredo because it was supposed to be less busy, and that's also the same place where I can get my my refund for my car permit. And so it's a little bit out of the way, but it's it's going to be faster, and you can get your refund there at that border crossing. And so this this road parallels the border, and right on the other side of the border is another road. Parallel in the border. And we come up on this train depot, and I see it off in the distance, a whole bunch of brake lights. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh, great, there's a police checkpoint up here. And it's about 930. It's getting dark. And I didn't want to be in Mexico in the dark. And the other thing that goes through my head is I'm in the border zone. That's where more of the, the drug cartels and the, and the crimes and criminal activities going on. And there's just a sea of taillights up ahead of me. And I'm like, this is going to be taking forever. And once I get closer, I start seeing, you know, cars zipping this way and that way. And I get close enough, you know, about four or 500 yards away, I can see fish tailing lights, tail lights, <laughs> and smoke coming up, and then cars just taking off. And I, I mean, it was, it was shocking. I didn't know what to do when I was driving up on this. There's street racing down the middle of the highway. And uh, there was, I call them heats, there was four rows of four cars lined up. These the, were Camaros, Mustangs, new, old, really, really nice, some stock, you know, you name it. And um, I just, I didn't know what to do. I just kind of stayed back until all those, those cars went down their heat. And then I just drove right through, hoping that nobody would come after me or try to run me off the road or God knows what. Right. <laughs> And then about two miles later, I was in in the U.S., so I was happy. So you made it through. Yep, everything was good. And and since that time, the uh, I, I would assume that the the only problems are like what you've already spoke about, which is the the connection to the the TPS, and uh, you still need to get the um, the second um, temperature sensor hooked up so that your gauge inside is it uh, an idiot light or a gauge that you have on your dash? It's it's a gauge. So you just need to get the uh, get that hooked up, and your gauge will work. Correct. 
And uh, let's see, this was back in March that you were going. So it's been uh, four, three or four months now then. Yep. So your $475 purchase of a 97 uh, Jeep Cherokee was uh, a pretty good deal. And it it even turned out better because I, I sold the rest of it to Matt for 200 bucks. So, uh, Patrick, how, what would you say is the the most interesting thing of this whole trip? Is- it, it was definitely the drive down. It was, you know, it was nerve-wracking the whole way, just kind of holding on to the seat of your pants and going for the, going for the ride. And that just, that just amazes me, is the seven-year-old engine hasn't run. You put it in, it starts... You drive, you drive the 800 miles, I guess is what it was, half uh, halfway there, and then the 800 miles back. And, of course, there was some there was some work. There was some things that you had to do along the way, but, but it still got you from point A to point B, and it's still getting you from point A to point B even uh, four months later. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we were, we were talking about what's going on with that 97 now. It, it didn't have an engine. It had front-end damage as far as the... Uh, the, the driver's side uh, fender was damaged, and I think the, the front end was damaged a bit. Uh, yeah, there was, the there was slight unibody damage, not much. So you sold that to Matt, and, and, and what's going on with it now? Well, I'm pretty sure when I was in Mexico, Matt was over there eyeing it every day. <laughs> <laughs> you think he had plans for it, huh? Oh, yeah, he had to have, because it wasn't a couple days after I went over there, and you know, shook hands saying it was his, and he, he gave me two hundred dollars for the, for the scrap or for the for the body. He already had things bought for it and going on it, and it, he was on a roll. It was it was amazing what he accomplished in about two or three weeks. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think it's pretty funny too about uh, he had a, and this is the thing I can't sit on stuff when I have them. I have to I have to do something with them. And he had been sitting on that engine that he re- rebuilt for a while, which, of course, he was going to put into his, uh, I think it's a 92 that he has. Yeah, that white one? Yeah. And um, and it was just very convenient, very opportune that, that, mm-hmm. that this situation happened and that 97 came available. Um, so, yep, he's got the, the 4.0 that he rebuilt. He's got that in it. Runs great. Very, very smooth engine. Oh, yeah. And... Um, uh, he recently got the uh, six and a half inch uh, Rough Country long arm uh, kit, and I think he's got half of that installed, which is just basically the um, uh, the rear leaf springs right now. Um, got a whole set of uh, JK wheels and tires, the wheel spacers to adapt them and everything. Yep, wheel spacers to adapt them, and he straightened uh, out the front unibody. Got a fender for it. Um, the whole. Uh, not the headlight bezel, the front clip. Yeah, the front. Placed. Yeah, the front, uh, the nose part. I forget what it's called, but uh, yeah, it's going to be very nice. It's black too, so. But he does need some bumpers. Yep, he does. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mentioned that to him the other day. He had posted up. Um, he's got a uh, for for those of you that are 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 not XJ Talk members, which we encourage you to be. Um, he has been posting his build up on the site, and uh, I think it's. Uh, Something uh, the dark side. So if you can just you can just do a search for XJ Talk Dark Side uh, on Google, and you'll be able to find it and see the see the images. 
And, uh, yeah, I told him just the other day, I said, it looks nice, but it needs some bumpers. It definitely needs some bumpers. But you know Matt. Matt has it all planned, and he... He's already got... Yeah, he, he already doesn't, knows. He doesn't exactly. get ahead of himself, and he's, He knew what bumpers he was going to get before I sold it to him. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that a bit. Um, and, and the fact that he had this motor available, that actually came up as soon as mine blew. Um, I, well, I knew everybody... That that's talked to him, or that's in Houston area, and on on the forum, they're all familiar with what he does and in, in the motor swap or the motor rebuild that he was doing. And I, I, I had enough courage to to ask him for a huge favor. And I said, "You mind if I break in that motor of yours for you?" <laughs> 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 this was, you know, and he's he. he his answer was going to be no, but that wasn't necessarily because he, he wouldn't let me do it, but it wasn't ready. That was the thing. I, I didn't know it wasn't done. I thought it was pretty much wrapped up. He doesn't but, go fast. Um, he he doesn't go fast. He, he does it right. Oh, absolutely. That, that's, that's for darn sure. <laughs> yep, and that's why one of the reasons why I was real happy that he agreed to uh, put, put my 4.0 together. Or technically, my four point one. Oh, isn't isn't technically that my engine block? Uh, no, that's that's Rini's old block. Okay. Oh yeah, because Matt, the, yeah, <laughs> the one that Matt rebuilt was my old engine block. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, he has a bunch of them laying around there. That's a nice oh, thing about a- having that shop. <laughs> I know he's got he's got my old my three hundred seven gears front and rear axles out there. Um. Got my old engine block with the blown head. I was going to ask you about that. Did, have you noticed a big difference between uh, going from the 307 to the, the 355s? Off the line acceleration, for sure. Well, uh, how is I it on the highway? I, I can use fifth gear now. It's there nice. you go. That's what I was figuring. Because, see, I, got, um, I have the same situation with my wife's TJ because it's 307 gears. And uh, it's a five-speed, whatever the whatever it is. I think it's a five-speed. Yeah, it's a five-speed. And I found uh, on a, a recent trip, I can't drive in fifth gear. I mean, even if it's on a flat surface. That's that's if you have to be drafting for to be able to hold your speed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drafting or downhill, it otherwise you'll go into it for thirty seconds, and then you're downshifting. Yep, exactly. Patrick, thanks a lot, and uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Absolutely. I got plenty of other stories anytime you want. <laughs> any any UFO, any uh, underwear backward type things? No. Well, I had a I had a strange Jeep Wagoneer on the back of my Jeep one time. Ooh. Would have been nice if you'd had babies. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they still would make them. All right, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Not a problem, Tony. Well, actually, talk is the place to go where where you and your Jeep become one. Without XJ Talk, you certainly wouldn't have your deep as long as you will. (laughs) That's great.